welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day of JGA Recruitment, Specialist Payroll Recruiters. Welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. This is Nick Day from James Gray Associates, Specialist Global Payroll Recruiters, and I'm super excited to be joined for a second time on the Payroll Podcast by Max Vanderklis Basink, who was winner here last year at the American Payroll Association Congress for the Global Vision Award. As you know, we've just spoken to Kira, who's won it this year. So I'm in esteemed company. So welcome, Max. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. It's always so energizing to be here at the uh, APA Congress and at the Global Payroll Management Institute. And I want a big shout out to Kira who won. So I'm now yesterday's news. Kira is the hottest uh, item of the day. She fully deserved it. She's been running payroll so long and she has such a unique take on Global Payroll. I think we can be very proud of her. So. I totally agree. And uh, it's quite exciting for me to meet you, Max, because you're a bit of a celebrity in the global payroll world. And if anyone came to Congress and saw Max's presence here, you'd know it. There's Everyone kind of follows him around, asking him all kinds of questions to do with global payroll. Big, big fish I've got sat next to me, which is great in the world of global payroll. And as a result of that, the GPMI have had you very busy yes. doing different talks, yeah. several, I think more talks than I've seen anyone else deliver. You're on, tour, yeah. you're on panels as well. Tell us a little bit about the talks you've been delivering um, and about your role with the GPMI over the last couple of days. Yeah, maybe to start with the role for GPMI, I think I'm all about uh, uh, the same thing as GPMI is for, is about unlocking stories and unlocking the knowledge that's sit and captured in our heads, just to bring it out there and share with other people. Uh, just a, a quick quote from someone who was in a panel yesterday who said, I'm domestically in US and I have to manage seven other payrolls, but I cannot get my head around it. How should I do it? We've been exchanging business cards and we are already setting up connects with each other. We are here to help each other. And I think that's also the reason why I'm here and why GPMI is so successful because we are a great networking sure. uh, profession and we cannot do without each other. There isn't a book you can read and then you can do global payroll. We learn along the way. And if you look at all the themes that are now packed in all the sessions, we are still talking about the same recurring themes yes. as we had been last year and I heard from Ken Puller from the CIPP he said to me Max we've been discussing the same items 15 years ago so I respect all the vendors and all the technology innovations but it seems that global payroll is still effectuated by people Sure. so we're still incurring the same type of challenges and we somehow cannot seem to overcome them so my life's mission would be that in five years time we'd be discussing far different themes we would have finally overcome the challenges of global payroll compliance hopefully so tell me a little bit about those challenges then what are the challenges that were you mentioned compliance but 15 years ago Ken Puller from CRPP mentioned he was facing the same challenges for the listeners maybe not familiar or for listeners that perhaps don't have a global payroll what are the challenges that you were faced 15 years ago that still exist today and what is being done to maybe finally overcome them yeah, I think uh, uh, compliance is, is changing. It's changing due to technology. So whereas technology should be an enabler for process improvements, it's actually also revolutionizing the way that tax providers and tax authorities collect revenues. Okay. So they would want their revenues sooner. They would almost want their revenues on the day that you hire and you pay a person. Look at RTI, of course, that has been uh, live now for a number of years yeah. in the UK, single touch payroll in, in Australia. And we, as in the Netherlands, for instance, We've been live since 2016, uh, 2006 even, with digitalizing payroll tax returns. So with the evolution of technology, it also becomes a lot of pressure to be in compliance because we need to have our data not tomorrow, not today, but we need to have it eight days before we even know that we need to have the data, okay. to put it hypothetically. For instance, in France, you would need to register a starter 
who started off your company eight days beforehand. And wow. if you are running a retail business, you sometimes hire people off the street just to sure. sell shoes, sure. right? So it's so tough to keep up with data and with legislative changes that also if you see, there was a session called should payroll belong to HR or finance? I always say we are the aorta between HR and finance. So we would still require HR to provide us that data. But I think the biggest challenge that's imposed on us now by an organization is payroll used to be like locked in a cabinet away and it's us versus them. They now say, let's collaborate together right. and help me understand how we can help you do your job. So the payroll professionals are typically introverts. I know I'm on the other end of the spectrum. You definitely are. Yeah, yeah. I'm an extrovert. But we kind of need to find a middle way. We need to go out there and tell the other people saying, hey, this is what we need from you. And to quote Carolyn Gold, uh, uh, a retired principal from PwC at, a, at a, uh, a panel session, she said, global payroll compliance is a cross-functional responsibility. It's not just a responsibility for payroll, it's cross-functional. It's even coming down to talent, to HR, to policy, to benefits. It's really a cross-functional one and we need to be better at communicating ourselves communicating our needs and collaborating with other people so I think the soft skills in global payroll are going to be the biggest challenge I think you've given some really uh, interesting insight there so something that I've been talking about for the 17 years I've been in payroll is as you mentioned the, the I guess the battle a little bit with HR the little battle with with finance but you're telling me now that you you're seeing a lot more collaboration so for me that's already one major shift that perhaps Ken Fuller wasn't experiencing 15 years ago when did that shift start to happen and, and can you give any examples of of how that collaboration is working in practice to to deliver to deliver good results I think um, um, HR nowadays is all about employee experiences. It's about the moments where HR interacts with, their, with its employees and the collective uh, feeling that people would have uh, when they interact with HR. And to take a little side note, you probably order something on Amazon yeah. frequently. You order something, you then get a notice of a delivery date. Sure. So you want to keep them to the delivery date, right? So if they say you order something today and tomorrow it will be delivered between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m and you're staying home for that because you want to really get that package because it's a gift for your mother the next day. Okay. You would really want to give that gift on time. So you're sitting there at home and it's 11 a.m., it's 12 p.m., 1 p.m., it's almost 4 p.m. You're getting very anxious. You're going to call the delivery guy saying, what the hell's going on? He said, well, I have a flat tire, so I'm not going to make it today. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver it tomorrow. You're angry, you're upset, and this is a touch point with the company and you're not going to forget it right it's sure. a it's a moment that matters sure what if this delivery guy would have called you up at let's say 1 p.m when he had his flat tire i said nick you know the delivery date is up there but i have a flat tire i cannot make it i will try to but maybe we can work out a solution together you would have been fine you would have had made a solution sure I think HR is now on the same side. It's not anymore that we have policies, we write policies, we impose them on you. We have processes you need to listen to us. This is what you need to do. HR is changing the way that they are doing stuff. They are going out to employees saying, hey, what would you need from us? Which moments do actually matter for you? Sure. Where typically we thought the highest volume, the highest transactional stuff is the stuff that matters. But it's actually key different moments that matters. And I think they are also uh, uh, um, more valuing global payroll 
in delivery of HR's promise. So I think they now also see that, hey, we, we cannot deliver what we promise if we do not interact with global payroll. So hey, let's connect together and let's see what you would need in which format and in which moment. If you look at all the HEM vendors here, the big ones, I will probably not name them because otherwise I would miss out on someone. I think we know who they probably are anyway, so it's all good. You could also see that they are moving away from capturing payroll details in their HEM systems, whereas years ago you would have had one ERP system for HR. Everything is captured in HR. You now see a segregation. They say, we want HR data. We do not want core payroll data. The famous example is always church tax in Germany. You need to know someone's religion to withhold the appropriate level of taxes. HR is not interested in that field. Payroll needs to have that field. So it's captured somewhere in a payroll ecosystem. But still, the moment that matters for HR and for the employee is you want to get hiring and staffing done as light as possible. You don't want to spend a day completing forms for hiring, right? So you would want to ask HR to ask for that church tax upfront when they interact with that employee because the employee would have a very bad experience if one day HR comes out and then it goes to payroll. Payroll says, hey, I need church tax. So again, someone needs to reach out to the employee. So it's all around that employee experience and how we can collaborate upfront to deliver the employee experience. I think that's a a big mindset change in the way we do things. Fantastic example. I think the one thing that picked up, my ears picked up on straight at the start. Firstly, I should say, I order far too much from Amazon. My wife will tell you that. So I know that example very, very well. Um, Secondly, I forgot to mention at the start of this podcast that you are, of course, working for Shell as the payroll manager for the Netherlands. You have a, a lot of experience in global payroll. But finally, just then, you mentioned right at the start of that answer with HR, you said the HR are really focused now on the employee experience. And I think now more than ever, payroll has seen to have a big influence on the employee experience as well, right? So if people aren't getting paid on time, as we've seen in the UK recently, ASOS, the employees weren't paid at the right time and they, and they walked. So if that if payroll hasn't got it right, then it's going to have a knock-on effect for HR because they're going to need to be recruited because people are going to leave not pay correctly. So I thought that was a really interesting bit of insight because actually I hadn't thought of it in those terms. And it's all about the employee experience and it's, exactly. it's a real buzzword yeah. at the moment. So and to come back to your question on the sessions I did, there was one that I did together with uh, Deborah Timberlake from Arrow and uh, Brent Gow, the former global payroll manager of, sure. uh, of, of Starbucks. Um, it was around quality enhancements within payroll and I took a different approach to it, a less technical approach and also going out to employees and I did this in a former job when I worked at Crocs Uh, just go out to the employees and this was a retail company what do the employees want from payroll now it's very scary for an introvert payroll person to go out to employees saying hey what would you want from me instead of us imposing our data requirements our processes our timelines our calendars and then just saying if we interact with you what do you value most and I used a a model the Kano model and it speaks about what is a dissatisfier what is a satisfier and what is a delighter so a dissatisfier is if the uh, service is not fulfilled they will be dissatisfied by default and typically global payroll and local payroll would have been a dissatisfier because we are all always saying if we get 999 calculations and payments correct if the one is incorrect we're done right and typically that one is the vp or (laughs) even worse the pa of the vp okay right then you get a continuous improvement project but let's challenge ourselves saying okay let's identify those dissatisfiers and let's deliver them on time but then you come into the interesting space saying what are satisfiers that can actually you know um um make the, 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 the whole brand around global payroll, make it more aware of the employees and value it. And then you have the delighters. 
and one of the delighters I think that's also buzzing around here is daily pay, right? Yeah, yeah, people yeah. having access to daily pay. Nowadays, especially in my region, people are unaware that such software is available. So if you have hourly workers, if you have people who do a lot of overtime, if you would give them the option to receive pay upfront, it would be considered to be a delighter. Sure. Right? And that's something I think at Global Payroll we need to change. We need to rebrand ourselves from being like a very introvert delivery kind of service delivery function saying hey we can actually make a difference in someone's lives instead of being a transactional department we are sure. much more than that and technology enables that but it's still people-led so I would challenge everyone and everyone who's listening and yeah. viewing this to go out there and ask those employees so what would you value from global payroll what would you value most maybe there is a change in legislation and this goes back to the compliance piece that tax rates changes right typically we would just implement that in payroll it would show up on your payslip and your your net pay would go up or down but what if we, we would notify the employees up front saying hey next month or in two months time by the way your your tax rate will go up your net income will go down so you might want to look at your personal finances great and example by the way a difference in someone's life touching global payroll and it's really positive news if it goes the other way. You know, if they want to go on holiday, they've got to be there like spending money. It doesn't go that way, but indeed <laughs> it might go that way. But, you know, uh, or, or for instance, if you see that there is a change from HR saying, you're married now. First of all, let's congratulate this person on nice. marriage. Nice. But also saying, hey, this might have some tax implications, either for you or for your wife or husband. Why not tell them up front? And that's why I think in the original podcast also said, pay slips are much more than a document. It's the single together with the payment and the payslip it's the way we interact with employees sure. regardless of if they have any changes it's our interaction point. what if we could make that more interactive and more intuitive and more proactive i think it would really ignite our, our global i know that's something you're passionate about you mentioned that on the last yeah. pair of podcast it's a great idea there's enough tech companies here i'm sure exactly. someone can pick it up quick advert break Einstein famously said that insanity was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. We believe it's time to try a new approach to recruitment. JGA Recruitment specialise in recruiting the top 15% of payroll and HR talent using innovative 24-7 attraction strategies that are proven to improve quality of hire, candidate retention and return on investment. De-risk your recruitment process today and hire better talent faster with JGA Recruitment. Visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. And interestingly, being you know, on the global side, you mentioned um, you know, instant pay and, and pay cards. So in the, it's for me, being in the UK, like, the, the idea of pay cards isn't something that we see every day in payroll in the UK. It's quite interesting when you see how people do things differently. Actually, if we all collaborated, how are people doing things in Brazil? How are they doing it in the US? How are they doing it in Canada? I'm sure if all those tech companies brought everything together, yeah. we could come up with a, a few better solutions, potentially. But it's quite interesting because people do do things differently. They do, they do differently. And what I do think that to demystify that, it all comes down to the same ideas. People want their pay and people want their pay on a moment that they would need it, right? Sure. And they want to understand like, hey, you promised me 100K a year, but you leave me with 48,000 euros or dollars or whatever. So they want to understand how the calculation goes and they want to understand for their personal finance reasons, when they're getting paid, how much they're getting paid. That's a team you would you would see across the world. So we, I think we should also stop saying that we're so complex. Because if we keep on repeating ourselves that we're complex, people say, ooh, let's not touch payroll, ooh, let's sleep. Sure. Let's demystify ourselves through those sessions and I think in the global forum at all the sessions it has never been this busy 
I had people in the session when we did together with uh, Adrian Morrissey from Amidas and Graham McKechnie from Active. Yes. We had people standing in the back because there weren't enough seats. Not because we're such great presenters, but because Global Payroll is buzzing. You see that everyone is raising their hands saying, hey, I want to do Global Payroll. Or in fact, I've been doing Global Payroll without realizing it. Sure. Right? So I think next year the forum might even be bigger. You look at all the vendors here, look at all the sessions and people who are joining and they are interested by Global Payroll. There's definitely a lot of passion in the room for payroll. That's for sure. That's for sure. And you mentioned Brent. Um, you went to his talk. I went to his talk yesterday. I hadn't met him before. He's an ex-payroll manager, 17 years, I think, at Starbucks here in the US. Um, and also he gave me an insight because we always assume that Global Payroll is all about playing the employees. But the, the, the session I went to was managing vendor partnerships. Oh, yes. First thing I'd say is I would never want to be in a negotiation room with Brent. <laughs> He would eat me alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic negotiator. But it also highlights to me how much, um, I don't want to gild the lily in terms of mentioning the word complex again, because as you, as you say, if you say it enough, eventually you start to believe it and exactly. then you yeah. use it as an excuse for, for progression, right? But what he did highlight is actually it's not just about playing the employees. Your role is also about negotiating with vendors, sure. setting up partnerships, setting up frameworks, dealing with data and all the things the employees don't see. And going back to that communication piece, I would be surprised if many employees really understood just how much work you have to do from a global perspective. And actually, if they understood it before they get to their pay slip place, they'd probably be a lot more understanding if their pay was out by yeah, yeah, a little bit. No, it's spot on. And I think I also used the example in one of our sessions, and I called it a marriage. It's not a relationship with the vendor anymore, it's a marriage. Okay. And typically, in a marriage, at some point, you can uh, request for information, you go to market, you could see it as if like, or maybe a request for a proposal, you could see that you would ask someone to marry you. Okay. And the vendor would say yes, but asking someone to marry you means a lot more than signing a contract. Although when you marry, you're also signing a It's a, a big contract. commitment. It's a big commitment. Sure. So I'd like to see it as a marriage, a professional marriage. And you can see implementation of a global payroll solution as like the first weeks after your uh, your wedding, which are buzzing, it's cloudy, everything is exactly in agreement with what you thought. But then life starts, sure. right? The common life starts, it's year over year. And the same thing goes with a vendor. You need to keep each other engaged. You need to tell a vendor, this is happening in our business. We are changing our operating model. We might go into market there. We might uh, change the way we do HR, talking about the employee experience, putting line managers and employees at the heart of your processes. Sure. And but they need to be engaged. So we've traditionally, myself included, would have seen a vendor as someone who would just deliver me what I asked them to do. Yes. Right? But they are much more. Together we de deliver global payroll. If you are an employee, you do not care if one vendor, vendor A or vendor B delivers your pay. You just want it to be delivered and they will look after me if something goes wrong. So I would see it as a marriage and you need to keep a marriage alive. You need to keep it engaged and you need to stay in love. The sure. same thing happens with the client and the vendor. I did a, I wrote up the report on Brent's talk yesterday and actually a lot of that rings true. So he was saying it used to be a vendor relations or used to always be about saving money SLA's and costs. And now it's much more about employee engagement, employee exactly. experience, and it's a two-way partnership. Yeah. You know, the vendors will all start to walk away from you if you only give them one service and you're, sure. you're all about money. So uh, really well put. Because previously when you were going to market, it was to save costs, right? Yes. But nowadays you do not outsource to save costs. You outsource to ensure continuity and to be innovative and to outsource for global payroll compliance so it's a different model cost is always a factor right you don't want to sure. overpay but if you I would always challenge vendors like if you price yourself don't price to say this is the cost but this is your benefit right and there's much more benefit than there is of producing a payslip they say we help you deliver your employee experience 
with whatever product. I was t- also talking to Michelle from no ADP. Yes, uh, my, yeah, yeah. We were also discussing, and a lot of vendors have like uh, their products, like uh, uh, their, their connecting portals. They give it fancy titles, and marketing people love it, right? But you just need to say, we will do global payroll. That's it. I met with uh, Michelle Salurgo, now taking over ADP yesterday, and she said, you know, they've, they've simplified the process so much and do 140 plus countries. It's literally a two-step process now. Exactly. You know, let us take that complication off you. And yeah. uh, listen, I know we're short on time, and I could talk to you all day about this. Right. You're clearly very, very passionate, and um, there's, I've got questions rolling around in my head. We've, we've covered a lot of these in our previous podcast as well. So if you haven't checked it out, do go to the Payroll Podcast and have a look at the previous edition. But um, before we go, what I'd like to just ask you is to sum up. I guess the last couple of days. For those that haven't attended the Congress, it's my first time here, but as a global health professional as you are, if you could just start for the listeners what the experience is like, um, if they're thinking about coming to Orlando as it is next year, why you might recommend it, and um, and I guess why, why you love payroll so much. Ooh, a lot of questions. Quite a big question there, sorry. I, I told you, I'm running around in my head, I could ask you all day. But I understand because it's so overwhelming. I think we are used to being a bit more, let's say, the downsides are a bit more down to earth. Yes. Whereas here you get lifted. You're here, you sense the vibe, you sense the energy. I was talking to my wife yesterday. I said, this is the first hour I'm sitting down. I'm not talking to someone. I'm not interacting with someone. I got tired immediately, so I went to bed. <laughs> but the energy, the vibe is so amazing here. People are very passionate. People are open and sharing. Last year was my first year at the APA and GPMI Congress. And I made friends for life. I made professional friends for life but I also made like real life friends and for myself it elevated my knowledge because although I present sessions I also join as much sessions sure, as I can sure. and the write-ups you do are also very helpful and the knowledge that's being shared openly is is so amazing so if you ever feel like would it be worth it I would just say yes I'm not a member of the APA I do not get any no, credits for no, it of course I honestly think it would elevate your own profession because don't forget that you are a person who might work for another three years you need to brand yourself and if you are here and you engage you also establish a global payroll network that will benefit your career on a day-to-day basis but also in the long term talk to the likes of you if you would ever want to switch jobs and you have engaged with Nick before you can go out to Nick Nick can we just have a talk around a career sure and you'll do it right because there is much more that people would do for free than you would think so so I would invite everyone to come over to the US have a thrilling experience visit as much sessions as you can and try to unlock your own story because if you Mary standing over there if you would just send Mary a message saying hey I have a great idea for an article a webinar a session should do it. This is how it started for me. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He's referring to Mary Holland for those not familiar. Yeah, um, but absolutely. I mean, like, again, I have absolutely no affiliations with the APA or the GPMI, to be fair. Um, but I'm here and supporting them because I think they're doing great work for both obviously, the American Pearl Association and, and the global pearl industry. And um, I think if, if we all, as you say, collaborate to, yeah, to, to push the industry forward, then it's win-win for everybody. Um, if people are interested in the write-ups, you can access them on the APA website. And um, there were just impartial uh, reviews that I wrote on the, on the, the three talks that I've been to see. But there's been hundreds of talks here so there's a lot more to get your teeth into than just the ones I've written about but listen a huge thank you Max thanks for joining me here today Um, it's always a pleasure we could talk forever I I suspect there'll be another podcast in the future that we will do Uh, so a huge thank you again and um, yeah thanks for joining us on the Payroll Podcast cheers Cheers. you've been listening to the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment specialist payroll recruiters if you would like to feature on a future podcast please contact us For a wealth of world-class payroll content, please visit us at jgarecruitment.com. See you next week.